0: Wonderful. Isn't God good? What a service, eh? The kingdom of God is here. We don't need to ask for it to be here. It is here. So it is the mama of the house that's preaching today. My husband woke up with a bit of a funny tummy, so um, he's healed. He's good. So you're going to hear from me today. Thank you, Lord. You're going to actually hear from God today because his spirit lives in me and it is amazing, eh? What a powerful testimony. That was awesome, Bodie and Olivia. And I just want to say to you, there is no conviction in heaven. Never. Wiped. Clean. So we just declare heaven to us. It's wonderful. All right, I'm going to pray. I'll put that over there for now. Hallelujah. Father, what a God you are. What a father you are. What a dad you are. We just love you because you loved us. And Father, we are just excited about what you're going to share through me this morning. Your kingdom is so amazing. You sit on the throne. You reign over all. You reign over everything. We do not need to worry. We do not need to stress because you are in control. And we trust you. And our future looks good because you are in our future. And Father, I just thank you for your anointing and for your spirit. It is amazing. It's not by might or power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. And we trust your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Kingdom of God. We've had some great messages on the kingdom of God already. And I'm going to wrap that one up. And then next month, it's going to be even good. I love it. Even to us. The kingdom of God is so amazing. So I've got some scriptures to read and then I've got more to um, read uh, later on. The kingdom of God. Okay, Psalm 103 verse 19. It says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So that's A dundale. His kingdom rules over all. So that means that God's reign or rule governs all things. So he sits as king on his throne of the universe and his kingly rule, his kingdom and his reign governs all things. Now, I want to go to Genesis because God wants to set it right at the beginning and get it to you so that you are without a doubt know exactly what his kingdom looks like. So I want you to walk out this door knowing what his kingdom looks like. And it starts right in Genesis chapter 1. Right at the beginning, this is what it says. In the beginning, God created. It's good, eh? His kingdom is creative. Verse 2 darkness was over the surface of the deep. Verse 3, and God said, let there be light. Verse 4, God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Verse 5, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And this is what I want you to get, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. So that was the first day. Then he Then the um, second day comes, and it says, and God created. And when he's finished creating that day, it says, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Then on day three, and God created. And then it finishes off that day, it says, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And it keeps going, fourth day, same thing, fifth day, same thing. Sixth day, same thing, seventh day, God rested all day. I want you to know, and God wants you to get this right at the beginning, God's kingdom is stress-free kingdom. Because what happens that in the evening, what do you do? You rest. You go to bed and you rest. God's kingdom is not a stressful kingdom. It is one of rest and no worry. And that's how God wants you to start your day. So that when you wake up in the morning, you say, Thank you, Lord, you have got my day in control. I am going to rest in you for this day. I'm not going to worry about anything because you've got my back, Father. This is what your kingdom is about. Do you know that you can create your day, this is a catchphrase, you think about this, by what you say. So when you wake up in the morning, you create your day by what you say. How did God create his day? By what he said. And if I'm facing something in my day that I think might be a little bit challenging, I'm going to just create it the way that heaven creates it and bring it to earth. Because we are a heavenly people. We are citizens of heaven. And I'm going to create my day and say, God, you are in that situation. You are going to work that for good. To those who are in Christ Jesus, we are in Christ Jesus. He loves us. No stress. Do you know what the word stress spells backwards? Have you often wondered why you eat a lot of desserts? That's what stress spells backwards, guys. Desserts. Been eating too much chocolate pudding lately? When we get stressed, people have to eat. It's like, oh, I've got to eat. Where's my chocolate pudding? Where's my instant pudding? I mean, hey, God wants us to have dessert, but a stress-free dessert. Love it to be calorie-free as well would be great. So God wants you to be chilled. In his kingdom, it's one that is of peace, of joy, of resting, not laziness. It's not laziness because The kingdom is about, Jesus said, I am one who serves among you. But it's serving from rest. And if you get that, you'll have a happy day. And you create your day by what you say. He says the evening and the morning were the the first day, the evening and the morning, the second day God created, and so on. Create your day by what you say. Are you creating an atmosphere of expectancy this morning? How did you walk through the door? Oh, I know what to expect. It's the same old, same old, two praise songs, two worship songs. Someone will get up and do an offering talk, and this will happen, that will happen. We might have a healing. We might have this. Yeah, I kind of know what to expect. Or did you walk through and say, I am in the house. God has walked through the door. Heaven is behind me. I am going to see miracles today. I am going to see healings today. I am not walking out the door without not expecting that. We are going to see breakthrough in the house this morning. Are you expecting breakthrough when you walk through the door? Because you create your day. Like Jesus created the day he wanted. He said, let there be light. Do you need some light on a situation this morning? Do you want some heavenly light on a situation? Do you know what light means in the Bible? It means knowledge. You want some heavenly knowledge and wisdom on your situation, you say, God, let your light shine on this problem that I am facing. I'm not going to have it. And do you know what the word darkness means? Ignorance. You want to be ignorant? You can stay in the dark, but I'm going to get in the light. And it says that the Devil is the prince, or his domain is in darkness. He's the prince of darkness. So that means he is the prince of ignorance. And you're worried about him? Really? You're really worried about him? He's ignorant. Why would you want to just talk to someone that's ignorant? That's why I like getting around my husband, because he's got knowledge, light. He loves the light. He's joyful. Yes, Definitely. So we create, <laughs> no comment, you're speechless for once, hey, he's speechless, that doesn't happen often, that's cool. And I want to tell you something else about the kingdom that's really important. The kingdom is one where you move from rest. The next thing about the kingdom is really important, you are a kingdom citizen, so that means that you are a son of the most high God and if you or a daughter. And if you have any idea what is involved there, I want to tell you this. I'm going to ask you, how do you pray when you come before the king of kings? How do you pray? How do you pray? Now, I want to tell you that the devil came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said this, if you are the son of God... So the devil's primary attack is if. He's going to sow seeds of doubt into this sweeter of you, the brain. And he says, if you are the son of God, command these stones or do this, do that, if. You see, his primary attack is on your identity. And if he can attack your identity so that you think, oh, who am I? Am I really a son of God? Am I really a daughter of God? Who am I? He can get you to wonder who you are or doubt who you are. He can begin to draw you away from your first love, which is Jesus, because he puts doubt in your mind and in your head. And, you know, knowing what God's kingdom is and who you are is so amazing because once you know who you are, you cannot ever unknow it. And so I'm going to ask you again, how do you pray? When you come to the throne of grace, and it's a throne of grace, not of judgment, by the way, so it's a throne of grace, and if you've stuffed up or when you come and you've got a problem that you're facing, do you grovel? Do you say, please, Lord, please, 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 grovel, grovel? That's not the kingdom of God, and that's not how a son and daughter acts before the throne of grace. What does it say? Come boldly. So that means, Father, you are on the throne. I belong to you. I have nothing to fear. This problem, whatever it is, is a done deal. It's fixed. I'm not going to worry about it because I have a stress-free day in your kingdom. There is no panic in heaven. Is there ever any chaos? Do you ever see planets, Clyde and the sun say, oh, I'm out of here. I'm going to just have a dance with the moon and bash into it. There's no panic in heaven. He holds everything by the word of his mouth. What words are you speaking out today? Yeah. <sighs> or are you a bit like a duck? It seems like you're sitting on top of the water and it's all good, but underneath your feet are going... <laughs> <laughs> you know? We get a bit like that at times, don't we? So my message to you is don't be quackers. Look up. Go boldly before the throne of grace. Don't be... Don't be ignorant. Don't live in darkness, but come to the light. Seriously. Luke 23 and 29 says this, I confer on you a kingdom just as my Father conferred one on on me. So Jesus is saying, this is your kingdom. You are part of this. You are a heavenly citizen. So what does that look like? It's kingdom culture. It's the king's authority. Do you know that you have all of heaven's authority with you wherever you go? What a blessed people we are. I am so blessed. But I know I'm blessed. If you know you're blessed, you'll walk with your head held high and you'll say, now I've got heaven with me. So that means that heaven goes with you in a morning to work. Heaven goes with you when you drive your car. Brilliant, isn't it? Heaven drives your car. How does heaven act under pressure? How does heaven act? I'm going to tell you that people from earth that have their mindset on earthly things reflect the culture around them and they can't help it. They try to solve their problems from the perspective of the people and culture around them. They're earthlings. We are citizens of heaven. No panic in heaven. It's a done deal. I'm not even going there. Ugh, it's a waste of time. Yes. So that means that we have the whole advantage of calling on the wisdom and stability of the wealth and of the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven's not bankrupt. The king, the king, our king doesn't say, "Oh, I never saw that coming." <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of, uh, That just took me by surprise. There's no panic. He's, he sees all, he knows all, he knows exactly what you need. Wherever you go, heaven goes. So what does that look like? I'm going to read a bit of a passage because I love this. love the word of God. I love this. Kings, where's Kings? might need my glasses for this. I think I will. Have I got specs? Oh, I'll try without. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for good eyesight. I'm just super blessed. Okay. So we're going to read a story from 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, and I'm going to read all of it because I just love this and I love the, the Word of God. It's so amazing. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. So he was the enemy king who was coming to take out the people of God. He said, after meeting with his officers, he says, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God, that's Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel. And he said, Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king because God gave him that, uh, told him what was happening and he told his king. And so they were able to get out of the enemy's way. So he was on his guard in such places. This got the enemy so mad. The king, it says, he was enraged. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? So he sounds like America. He says, oh, there's a spy in our midst. There's a spy. And they go, none of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. I love that. I asked for this. Do you know that? So you better watch out. I might know what you're doing. I actually asked for this. I asked for words of knowledge. And sometimes, but it's actually because I want to see bliss and come to people. Sometimes people will walk up to me and, go, and I'll read them. God will say, I want you to tell such and such about this. I was uh, listening to a pastor the other uh, a while ago, and he said that he'd been sitting on a plane and a steward walked up. And God said, I want you to tell her that she is going, that the man that, that has asked her to marry him, she's, she's troubled about it and that he's a good man and she needs to marry him. And so he told her, um, I've just got a message from you. I just feel God wants you to know. And this is a, stu- a hostess, and she's like crying, bawling her eyes out because she went, oh, how did you know? Because God's spirit, he sees and knows everything. And if you get a word from the Lord, speak it out don't ever be embarrassed or ashamed speak it out, it's so important so Elisha, the prophet says all this, so go find so the king, enemy king says go find out where he is so they send men and they capture to capture him and the report came back he is in Dothan, so they go and they surround, that. by night they went by night this is the enemy, and surrounded the city by night, there you go again The enemy, the devil, always wants to get you in the dark and at night. He comes to trouble you, eh? Because if he gets you at night, that's what's the last thing in the focus on your brain. If you're troubled at night about something, that's the last thing you go to sleep with, and it's probably the first thing that you wake up with because you don't have a very good sleep. He tries to intimidate people in a dark situation and bring darkness to you. Okay, and then when the servant of the man of God got up in the morning, he goes out and he sees the army, the enemy army with horses and chariots surrounded. And he sees this, and I think it's hilarious. I just love this. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Does that sound familiar? We go, my Lord, what shall we do? Oh, panic. And the prophet says... Take a chill (laughs) pill. Basically, that's what he says. Those, don't be afraid. Can you imagine that the whole city is surrounded by the enemy and here's Elisha the prophet and he says, what are you worrying about? Take a chill pill, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha says, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw in the hills around horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I love that because you think that you're surrounded with your problem by the enemy. Who surrounds your enemy? The heavenly host. God's got your back. He's got it. Stop panicking. Take a chill pill. It's not your fight. It never was your fight. And that's why I read right from the beginning, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Because in the evening, when the enemy wants to come and attack, you say, Nip, I'm resting in God. He's got this. I'm not going to worry. My sleep's going to be sweet. I'm going to have a sweet sleep. I'm not going to panic. Because God's not panicking. He, he's just... Got everything in control. And so it goes on and it says that the enemy went away. They took them away to Samaria because God blinded their eyes. Elisha and the servant led them away. And they didn't just send them away packing with a kick up the backside. Do you know what this says to them? Set food and water. Because the king of Israel is saying, can I get them? Can I kill them? Can Can I just deal to the enemy. And you'd think, yeah, that'd be the best thing to do, to just get rid of them. But do you know what? He said, set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So they gave, gave them a great feast. And this is to the enemy. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away. And the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. Wonderful. God's got your enemy under control. He's going to deal with it. He'll sort it. So amazing. I love it. And I just I just think this conversation with Elisha and his servant must have been so good. I would love to have, have pictured this talk. The servant is panicking. He's like, oh, two of us, bro, two of us, and there's thousands of them out there going to wipe us out. And he's like, Two of us? You really sure about that? What does does Elisha say? Open his eyes. Do you know that you guys need to go to your spiritual optician? God wants to give you a new vision this morning. A vision that has a great outcome to whatever situation you are facing. He is the best optician you can ever go to. He wants to give you a new spiritual sight that you may never have seen before, and it's not your fight. God fights for us. There is no panic in heaven. Last Friday, I had to—I um, had two really major, important appointments that I had to be at. One was two o'clock in Kaiwai, and the other one was in. in uh, I was out at T School. The principal had phoned us up, or called us and said, "Paul and Ruth, I want you to come. We've got a very important Ministry of Education." Meeting, I want you to be at it. So I'm like, okay, I can be at that. It's morning. That's great. And I've got enough time to get to Kwe Kwe. It went. The, the Ministry of Education meeting went on so long. And I had had no breakfast. I'd had no coffee. Coffee's heavenly. Oh, I just love coffee. It's very <laughs> heavenly. And we're getting in the car to leave. And Paul had said, you're actually not going to get to Kaikui in time. And I'm like, Hmm. That ticks me off. I like to be on time for appointments. I really do. And I'm thinking, I am starving. So I calls into Wai gets to Ligon, and it is totally, like, coming out the door. And I'm like, I have no time to wait here. This is now 25 to 2, and I'm still thinking, I want my coffee. And I had to drop Paul at the shed, and I had to try and get to Kaikui, way before two o'clock, because I had to be there. I had to be there. It was really important for me. I had to be there. So I drops Paul off, and I thought, I'm not having this. I am going to get to Kui in time, and I am going to have a coffee. So I said, Lord, hold the time. All heaven is behind me. Hold the time. And while you're at it, I want a coffee. (laughs) So I I drops Paul off, Drives to Kwaikui. I, do you know what time? I don't know how, how, and I didn't break the speed limit, just so you know, because I'm a kingdom citizen, I believe in honouring the powers that be. I did not break the speed limit. I think I got there in 10 minutes, don't ask me how I did it, but I did. Looked at the clock, 10 to 2, I rolls into Kui. And a blessed sight hit me at the left-hand side, there was that Malahi Cafe, and I'm like, Thank you, Lord you've got a coffee. I goes, I packs my car, walks in the door. Do you know what the girl said at the counter? Here's your coffee. I went, really? And you know, you, as if I should be surprised. I should have expected it. Eh? And she went, I said, how did you know I wanted a coffee? And she went, well, I just saw the orange car and I thought she might like coffee. So I made you a coffee. I went, thank you, Lord. And I said, by the way, if you ever need a job, I'm going to hire you. You are amazing. (laughs) Amazing. And I got a muffin. I ate it, got in the car, and I got to my appointment packed way before 2 o'clock. Didn't I? Thank you, Alex. I did. Got there way before 2. You have heaven behind you. So have you got problems this morning? Are you facing a super, super challenging thing that is like, I can't deal with this. You can deal with it. You don't need to accept it. Because I have people sometimes, they say, oh, I've got this and I've got that. And I say, so what are you going to do about it? You don't have to accept it. God said, we don't, have to, we don't have to accept. We get challenges, yes. We don't deny we get challenges regularly. But you don't need to accept them. You say, Heavenly Father, I'm coming before Your throne of grace, boldly. And I'm going to bring heaven to us because that is the frequency that I live in. Definitely. No matter the obstacles that you face. Even last year when we went on holiday, we went on a cruise for Paul's amazing young 50. He turned half a century year before last. So we celebrated by having a cruise. Now, unbeknown to us, we hadn't... When the cruise finished in Rome, it was miles out of Rome. This port was miles out of Rome. And we didn't realize at the time that you have to pre-book a taxi because all the taxis are in Rome and it's a whole hour's drive along these motor. It's, it's such a horrible place. Like, I mean, busy place, you know? And so we get off with, with, with th- like there's about three and a half thousand people coming off the ship and there's panic everywhere. But before we get off that morning, Paul prayed and he said, Lord, we're getting off the ship today, something like this. I'm going to interpolate, give or take a bit. And um, he said, Lord, make a way, because the staff on the ship had said, there's no way you are going to get a taxi. And so we just walked off. But I just had a, we had a piece about it. We just thought, I'm not going to worry about it. There was people here and everywhere. So we gets off, and we just get into the whole big town. There's like chaos everywhere. And we actually... Just pop that bag down. I'm just standing like this. And a guy walks up to us. And he says, have you got a problem? And I went, well, actually, I need a taxi. And he went, oh, leave it with me. So he goes off. He comes back. And we were seven. So you don't get, like, that's a lot of people, eh? Seven, the little five-sealers, you just wouldn't fit in there. He brings the most amazing, like, nice limousine van you know those big they're beautiful it was very nice wasn't it it was the best. and see Paul had prayed Lord just make a way make it easy that there'll be no trouble when we get off the ship we got this limousine van this this big van and it took us all the way in and you know what was happening all the way in this guy was getting phone calls all the time People panicking because there was no taxes. And he said, oh, this is a big problem. I went, oh, I can see that, but we're sweet. <laughs> we're sweet. God has your back. There is no panic. You've got to trust him. He's amazing. It's time. time for me to finish. Time for me to finish. God has got your back. So remember, create your day by what you say. Create your day by what you say. Get some heavenly, new vision, new eyes. And as I started with the kingdom of God, where there's no panic, and God said, "Let there be light on the situation," and there was light. There's never any doubt when God moves. There's always light. The darkness just has to get out of there. So your darkness, get it up, say out of there. There's light, my Father. That's how He starts His word he wants you to know that's what his kingdom is about how do you think he ends it well go to Revelation and I like this just in case we heavenly citizens forget what his kingdom is about the very last verse of Revelation 21 finishes and closes with this he said he who testifies
1: Kind of get me glasses
0: because it's very important words This is the verse before. He says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. That's us. He says, I'm coming. I'm coming. He's going to come. And then the last verse of how he closes the whole of his amazing book. 21. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So God's got grace in his kingdom and his currency is love and that's what his kingdom is about and he wants you to go out and spend some of his currency with people around you are called for a purpose to spread his kingdom wherever you go that love and that grace and his currency is not flat to stack. The money is not flat to stack. That's why I tell Paul. Paul, money shouldn't be flat to stack. You know, I like to shop, shop a bit. Spend it a bit. The heavenly currency, you got to spend it. Spend some of that love. Who, who can you spend some of the currency of the kingdom with today and tomorrow and forever? Awesome, eh? So remember the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with God's people.